0: This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit
1: knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. I'd like to welcome Kevin Warback to Knowledge at Wharton. Kevin is a professor at Wharton of legal studies and business ethics, and we're going to talk about the controversial issue suddenly of net neutrality and the new proposed uh, Federal Communications Commission's uh, proposals to uh, that could affect net neutrality. And Kevin, I think the best thing to do, welcome to Knowledge Award. Thank you. But the best thing is probably to start out with a, a, a thumbnail sketch of what net neutrality is for
0: viewers. Absolutely. No, it's, it's funny you say suddenly, because in, in some ways this has been a sudden controversy after the FCC proposals um, leaked uh, a few days ago. But uh, in some ways, this has been a controversy that's been going on for uh, the past decade. Um, So network neutrality is basically the principle that Internet access providers, which is the company you use to get your broadband service. In the U.S., that would be companies like Verizon and AT&T and Comcast. It's the idea that they shouldn't discriminate in how they handle traffic on the Internet. So whoever you
1: are, if you want to plug into the Internet and offer information on the Internet, you get the
0: same speed as everyone else. Well, exactly what it means is is difficult and controversial, but the general notion is Anyone can connect to the Internet. If I have a startup, I may have very little capital, um, but I can get on the Internet, provide my service, uh, and reach customers. Uh, And I don't have to get permission from some company. I don't have to pay them uh, some special fee just to get online. It's on the Internet, and and customers of those broadband providers can get access to anything that's there. Okay. So the FCC is proposing some
1: changes. Uh, There's a lot of hue and cry. Uh, Some calling it the death knell for net neutrality, uh, and others saying, well, I think you have a a slightly different point of view. Why don't you uh, describe for us what everyone's worried about and whether or not they
0: should be worried? The, The first point that's important to understand is where we are today. So at this moment in the United States, there are virtually no network neutrality rules that are legally enforceable. There's some rules that apply to Comcast uniquely because of some conditions it agreed to for a prior merger. And there's one FCC rule that says that broadband providers have to be transparent in their network management practices. All the other rules were thrown out in court a few months ago. Uh, and that was after the FCC's prior attempt to impose network neutrality was also thrown out in court. Um, but fortunately, the court in the most recent decision gave the FCC validation on the basic legal theory they used. The, the big question up until then was, does the FCC even have jurisdiction to address these issues? Because the FCC regulates telephone service, television, and so forth. And so there was an argument that they couldn't uh, impose rules on Internet services. The court, for the first time, said, yes, they do under the kind of legal theory they were using. They just couldn't adopt the rules that they proposed. So, fast forward to today, the uh, FCC chairman, Tom Wheeler, has circulated to the commission a set of proposals to adopt network neutrality rules, to to ban blocking of traffic, uh, to ban certain kinds of discrimination of traffic. Um, The rules aren't public yet. They're going to be circulated among the commissioners. If they're adopted by the commission, it'll be a proposal that goes out for public comment. Um, But the concern has been uh, from some quarters um, that the proposal doesn't go far enough in uh, restricting a certain kind of practice which is called paid prioritization. So the idea is uh, there's the basic Internet lane that anyone can use, uh, but broadband providers might have more leeway to offer uh, faster or better service for an additional fee. So as soon as someone hears
1: that there might be a two-speed service, there's certain conclusions that are reached. And uh, and, and they worry that, I guess, the, uh, the two-speed service, well, in the beginning, it may be a premium service that you can pay extra to get the faster speed. But in the end, that the, the main lane would be degraded in some way. And so I guess they worry about protections. That's one point. The other point I think is interesting in that is that up until now, industry and all, all the stakeholders here have been sort of agreeing to certain conventions where net neutrality has been respected. And so far, that's worked. But I guess there's, you know, this is bringing up the idea that that could change.
0: Absolutely. It's important to point out that we're talking here about connections on the the network side. So you as an end user customer, as an individual or a business, of course, you have options of different speeds. You can go to your broadband provider and say, I want 5 megabit service, 10 megabit service, what they offer. We're not talking about fast lanes and slow lanes that way. The issue is for content and service providers. So if a company like Netflix uh, wants to provide service to customers of Verizon or Comcast, whether uh, they can be offered an enhanced delivery service. And it's even more limited than that um, because it's only an enhanced delivery service um, that is differentiating traffic on the broadband provider's network. Um, The FCC has said that this doesn't address what's called peering, uh, which is how the traffic actually comes into the network over the Internet. So you're absolutely right. There are some very serious and, and reasonable concerns that people have expressed. Um, the fact is, though, we haven't actually seen the FCC proposal. And uh, what Chairman Wheeler has suggested in a blog post uh, is that there are going to be some substantial restrictions on how those paid prioritization arrangements can be adopted. I I think absolutely, if there's too much room for the broadband providers to degrade the basic Internet pipe, um, that will violate uh, the the spirit and the reality of network neutrality. Um, But but my take on this is that's not necessarily going to be the case if there's sufficient conditions put into place. So... Why the
1: misunderstanding? Why is this proposal, which will then have months of comment and so forth and debate, why is it seen as such a threat by so many people?
0: It's a combination of just how partisan things have gotten in Washington. I mean, the reason that this is at the FCC is Congress has refused to act. And in fact, Congress has, uh, whenever the FCC has tried to act, different factions in Congress have threatened to basically grind the FCC to a standstill if they don't do what those members of Congress want. Um, So it's a very difficult and charged situation. Again, the FCC has tried two times before um, and uh, has proposed rules that generally Uh, haven't uh, provided what network net neutrality advocates really fully wanted, um, which is what's called reclassification. Um, They've been advocating that the FCC... Uh, change the uh, regulatory category that broadband is under in the United States uh, to be in the category called Title II that applies to telephone service. Um, now, what people miss is actually under Title II, under that uh, telephone regulation category, you can do paid prioritization uh, if, it's, if it's offered on the same terms to everyone. Um, but there's a perception that that's the only solution that will protect network neutrality. And the fact that the FCC has now said we're not going to do that um, and we're going to step back somewhat from what the previous FCC rules had said before they were overturned, I think that's gotten a lot of the net neutrality advocates upset because they they see that President Obama um, and other officials have have long claimed that they support an open Internet.
1: And yet when they see that there's going to be, again, two prices, two speeds, um, they see it as, I guess, the camel's nose edging under the tent. And I guess what you're saying is we don't really know that for sure, but that the concern seems a bit overblown at the moment?
0: Yeah, it's, it's uh, always unsatisfying when uh, someone who is an academic or a policy wonk says, It's complicated, uh, but it's complicated um, because it's complicated in several ways. Technically, it's very complicated. What exactly these prioritization deals are, how they work, uh, the engineering, how they compare to all the other options that those companies have um, is a very complex subject. It's not that uh, there's just one way you get from here to there on the internet. A company like Netflix has a whole variety of different providers it uses. It uses caching systems called content delivery networks. It engineers where its traffic goes, and and it's paying for all those services. So it's not that there's this free internet pipe, and now for the first time, there's a paid pipe. Um, There's a lot more complexity on that side. And then on the FCC side, there's a lot of complexity. Um, Again, what are the practices that go into effect? How does the FCC respond? What are the enforcement practices? And, And again, that's always going to be the issue. Uh, even if the FCC adopted this Title II regulation, they would still have to make distinctions and, and still have to engage in enforcement. So
1: what do you think is the bottom line for people that are looking at this issue from the outside? They, mm-hmm. they, they, they see this might be a threat to net neutrality. The, the issues are complicated. What does it mean, for example, for consumers? Mm-hmm. Uh, will it affect what they're paying?
0: Uh, and other stakeholders. Sure. So two points. One is net neutrality is this 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 vague concept. It's it's a buzzword. It's a slogan. Um, but we need to walk back and, and break down what what it actually means. What should people be concerned about? Um, people should be concerned uh, on the one hand if new uh, innovative services can't get off the ground, can't reach their customers, um, or see that their service is being degraded. Um, So people should be concerned about that, and if we have evidence of that, then that's something that should be taken to the FCC and to Congress and so forth to say this isn't working. Um, Secondly, people should be concerned uh, on the end user side. If they find, for example, that broadband providers are um, creating discriminatory caps, saying you you know you get 50 megabit service, but you have this limit on your bandwidth, uh, and only certain services are subject to the limits, hours aren't, and the limits are far more uh, restrictive than what's necessary for network management, um, then that's something. And, and frankly, those conditions aren't covered under network neutrality, um, but they're the kinds of things that might make these harms that people are worried about come about. Um, And then the big thing that, that people should think about is the reason this is such a concern is we don't have enough competition for broadband in the United States. We do have, uh, in many places, multiple providers, uh, but typically very few. And, and in much of the United States, there aren't multiple providers for truly high-speed service. Um, so we need to do, and the FCC and Congress need to do everything possible to promote more competition. And frankly, the FCC and, and Chairman Wheeler has a lot of that on its agenda. Um, and the question is, can it get to that agenda, um, or is net neutrality going to be such a controversy um, that that's the only thing the FCC focuses on for the rest of the Obama administration. Could you give a couple of quick bullet
1: points on how we would get more providers and increase that competition level? Absolutely.
0: Um, so, uh, The United States made a choice, uh, and I think, frankly, a a wrong choice about 10 or 15 years ago, which is different than just about every other country in the world. I did a benchmarking study on on fixed broadband for the OECD, which is about 40 countries uh, around the world, the developed uh, countries in the world. And the United States was one of the only ones that didn't require a form of what's called open access, that didn't require the high-speed broadband providers to share their networks. So we didn't go down that path, and at this point, politically, it's very unlikely we will. Um, So we need to think about alternate physical platforms. One of them is municipalities, um, cities, or organizations going in and getting access to city capacity, poles and conduits and so forth in municipalities to provide their own broadband network. It's a huge source of broadband competition uh, in certain parts of the world, especially Scandinavia. Here in the U.S., we have laws that prohibit that in many uh, states and cities. Um, The second one, the big one, is wireless. Uh, right now, wireless service isn't a one-to-one competitor for high-speed broadband. Uh, but as technology advances, uh, in particular for what's called unlicensed uh, shared access to wireless, there's the potential, at least for for a, a chunk of the broadband market, that wireless could provide a viable uh, competitor. Uh, so, one yeah. big hotspot. One big or many big Mm hotspots. And that requires the FCC to make Spectrum available. It requires the FCC to promote unlicensed technology. Um, And it requires ability of all those networks to interconnect with the existing broadband infrastructure. And again, the FCC is looking at doing all those things. uh, And I think we should push it to continue. Um,
1: Is it reasonable for people to be skeptical about this sort of like post-decision enforcement that happens. So, if if we see uh, a squelching of competition, uh, as you mentioned, or if we see some degradation, then we go back to Congress or we go to the FCC. And and yet, people have a sense that that a lot of times uh, that's really you're you're up against a brick wall. You know, once once certain practices get underway, it's very difficult to go back and change them. There's a there's a lot of sure. power and money on one side mm-hmm. that would like to prevent change uh, right. when it comes to that. Right. So are people right to be skeptical? We can say, we're right. going to do this, yeah. and if it doesn't work, we'll, yeah. we'll fix it. But yeah. can we fix it, really?
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm more optimistic. Um, first of all, there's a lot of power and money on both sides. Uh, Microsoft, Apple, Google, Facebook, these are not tiny little companies. Uh, The companies in the internet economy, frankly, are much bigger and certainly much more profitable in aggregate than the access providers. The point is, once you uh, uh, go to a certain customer, you have to go through that access provider. Um, But uh, if you look at the history here, um, every time there has been a major example of a network neutrality violation, Um, For example, there was a company called Madison River that blocked voice over IP service. The FCC intervened, uh, told them to stop doing it. They changed the practice. Comcast, a few years ago, was degrading BitTorrent traffic. Uh, The FCC um, imposed rules. Even though the rules were overturned in court, Comcast retreated and agreed not to engage in the practice. Once once they had gone through that that complaint process and the public scrutiny, they didn't want to have it happen again. Um, So it's it's right to say, uh, hold the FCC's feet to the fire. Uh, But something important to remember is that that third, that that additional requirement in net neutrality that I alluded to earlier, the transparency requirement, which uh, uh, the FCC apparently is going to beef up. Um, If uh, the light of day shines on the practices of broadband providers, um, then there's opportunities for pressure. Uh, and we've seen the effects of this. So um, it's not net neutrality, but uh, Netflix uh, has a chart that shows broadband performance f- uh, from their streams from all providers. Um, and they've made a lot of hay by showing companies like Comcast that are out there all the time advertising how fast our service is and how great it is. They're way below a lot of providers, or they were way below a lot of providers that, that have supposedly higher speeds. Um, I think that has an impact uh, on companies uh, like Comcast, Uh, and if there's more disclosure, that will help with enforcement. You mentioned Comcast. Uh, Could this announcement,
1: well, this blog, I guess, um, and those kinds of proposals have an effect on,
0: uh, say, the proposed uh, Comcast uh, Time Warner merger? Yeah, it's an interesting question. So, so legally, they're separate issues. The merger gets reviewed by the Justice Department, and it gets reviewed by the FCC. Um, as I said, Comcast is already subject to net neutrality rules, and they've already said, sure, we'll, we'll put Time Warner Cable under those, too. Um, but in the court of public opinion, um, people are concerned that the big broadband providers are getting bigger and that a company like Comcast, if it acquires time longer, will order, ha- will have even more leverage in this market. Um, and frankly, um, if the FCC puts into place net neutrality rules that are less than what Uh, advocates want. That's only going to redouble the pressure to say, well, if you're not going to do that, then the least you can do is kill this merger. Um, So I think there is some risk for Comcast. But but as a formal matter, um, two separate issues. Uh, You referred to
1: possible municipal competition. Do you think that the government will ever
0: view broadband as a public utility? Um, So it's hard to know what that means. Um, So at some level, um, it should. And I I wrote a paper a few years ago called The Network Utility, um, talking about how um, Internet access essentially is is a utility, but it's a different kind of utility. The, The problem when people use the term public utility is they're either talking about the Title II regulation I described. And and that itself is not so problematic. um, But people need to understand that's not a panacea. People think, well, once it's a public utility, then all of a sudden those companies have to change all their business practices. Um, No, not necessarily. It's just a different category of regulation. And and the reality is it's probably not going to get adopted in the US. Um, When you think about public utility, people think about the kind of pervasive regulation of either governmental or very um, slow, highly regulated industries like the old AT&T telephone network and um, energy utilities. And while there's some benefits of that, um, I don't think most people feel like those were dynamic, innovative companies. Um, So if we want broadband providers to invest in new technology to give us higher speeds and more capabilities, um, then I think it's fair to say these are private companies. They should have the incentives of the free market. We shouldn't just say, well, let's, let's essentially make this a government-run monopoly, which is what we're, we're moving away from in every other sector of the economy. Um, I don't think that's the solution. Um, but I think we need to understand that they're, they're so important to the economy, to daily life, to free expression, um, that it is appropriate to have different requirements for them than for other companies. What are the next steps for this whole procedure and argument? Uh, The FCC proposal has been circulated to the five commissioners. Three of them have to vote for it, which is not a sure thing. Um, because the Republican commissioners have suggested they're not going to vote for any net neutrality rules, and the other two Democrats want something stronger. Um, So assuming the commission votes for it, uh, they have a meeting scheduled in mid-May. It will go out for public comment, typically for two to three months. Anyone can weigh in. The FCC has already set up an email box for public comment, but there will be an opportunity for anyone who wants to to go on the web and make a comment that goes in the formal docket. Um, Then the FCC will review all those comments uh, and will uh, issue an order order, which adopts final rules. Uh, That would probably happen sometime later this year. Um, But again, uh, there's a number of ways that that could get blocked, Congress could intervene. Um, I think it's most likely that uh, some version of this proposal will go into effect, and and then we'll be in the realm of potentially more legal challenges, unfortunately, Uh, and this question about what actually happens. Do these fears get realized? More broadly, what does the future of broadband look like in the U.S.? Um, Again, the the fact that there is not more competition um, is a drag on broadband in the U.S. The the United States is the world center for internet innovation, internet uh, economic value creation and and internet freedom. Um, but um, that's been um, weakened um, in recent years. Um, partly because of some of the revelations about government surveillance which have caused uh, companies and governments to not no longer trust the U.S. on that front. Uh, but partly because uh, we don't have the level of broadband connectivity by some measures that they do in other places. So I think that will be a drag. Um, and and uh, i think uh, you know we've talked to companies like comcast and verizon and so forth they say look we are investing. We are providing these high-speed services. We are we are putting fiber networks into the ground, uh, which by some measures we have more widely than other countries. Um, but I think if you look at the potential, we haven't gone far enough. So um, I'm worried um, that at some point, even though Silicon Valley is here, and even though Wall Street, which which funds so much of this, is here, and even though we have this extraordinary innovation culture, the the, the smartest and best uh, entrepreneurs and technologists want to come here from around the world, um, that's not going away. Uh, But I I think there is some risk if we don't have a true national policy of promoting advances in broadband and more competition at every turn, um, that the U.S. falls behind and also that we lose some of this potential that the internet has and that broadband has um, for catalyzing both uh, economic benefit as well as all these great social benefits. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for having me.
1: For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton,